In today's episode of the Knowledge Entrepreneur Show, we have Kovida Mehta, who's an accomplished English language, soft skills, and personality development trainer. With a bachelor's and master's degree in English from Punjab University, Kovida holds certifications from esteemed institutions such as IIT Kanpur and the University of Cambridge. She's also a certified IELTS trainer by the British Council. Hi, Kovida. Good evening. Welcome to the Knowledge Entrepreneur Show. Thank you so much for taking time out uh, to be here with me on the show today. Hi, good evening. Thank you so much for having me here. It's my pleasure. So, uh, you know, right now you're wearing multiple hats uh, in terms of what you do. Uh, you work for um, Allen uh, Institute. I'm sorry if I'm not getting the name right, but Allen is a brand, very well-known brand. You're working with them. You're also, uh, you know, you're also running a company called Adverb. You're also in a... Examiner uh, at the British Council, so a lot of things. But before we get into those things, um, could you, uh, you know, walk us through your journey of, you know, up until the point that you decided to choose this path? You know. Okay, I'll give a brief of the background. My father is a doctor, and he always wanted me to be a doctor. Uh, like it is said, a doctor's child would be a doctor. So, um, I was a student at Allen back then. I was a medical student in class 11 and 12. I opted for medical and I was a student at Allen and I was preparing for me because uh, my father always wanted me to be a doctor. And he also actually, may, um, you know, he fixed some meetings with his friends at AFMC, working at AIMS, you know, to uh, help me uh, learn about their journey. Eventually, I realized that I don't want to be a doctor. I'm doing this because my father wants me to be one. Right. So I took admission, I kept studying, I did qualify me. Um, and then I remember my mom came to me once after the result was declared. My, I, my mom called my father saying, hi, is this Dr. Kovada's father speaking? <laughs> the day the result was declared and he, he was so happy to hear this. Uh, but moms, you know, mothers, they have that instinct and they um, happen to know things without being said. So my mother came to me and she said, do you really want to be a doctor? Um, she said, sit and evaluate. I was very scared of maths. So in class 10, she asked me to sit and evaluate. And that's when I chose medical. Also because my father wanted me to. Then after grade 12, after I qualified NEET, uh, my mother came back to me again asking, do you really want to be a doctor? Do you really want to sit in that room and say, breathe in, breathe out? Because I don't see you doing that. Uh, uh, or uh, probably I don't see you enjoy doing that. Right. You know, I've, I've grown up in the hospitals being with my father. I, I used to be so fascinated by the coat they wear, their stethoscope. You know, have you seen that ghost Casper? I used to look like Casper roaming around in the hospital. Right. <laughs> that little baby girl wearing white coats. Yeah. yeah. But then I thought that, okay, this is not me. Right. I have utmost respect for them. Uh, not because my father is a doctor, but it is something that I am not meant for. Right. Um, so that's when I decided that I like languages more than uh, being a doctor. Okay. And I chose my path. For. And if I'm allowed to, uh, my father was really upset with the decision. Uh, and he was skeptical whether you can have a good career because obviously he wanted to uh, give me the best possible life and he's seen the privilege of being a doctor and the way you're respected in the society. Not that the other professions are not respected, but he had right. seen it from his perspective. Yeah. So um, 
yeah and um, then my my mom happened to um, tell, tell him that you remember one of your friends saying uh, am i allowed to use hindi by the way little bit the audience are going to yeah. be all over india so there will be people who may not understand hindi but yeah here and there it's okay yeah this is one sentence as long so, as you can um, translate that it's fine okay so he said chahe chane becho par karare becho so whatever you do uh, you have to be an expert in that field so my mom said let her do whatever she wants to right and that's when i decided that even if i pursue languages i want to make sure that he's really proud of me Right. and he shouldn't feel that i've missed upon something in my life or any sort of privilege in my life uh that's when i chose got it so yeah. you chose it um during your 12th standard at the end of your 12th standard is that correct when after you had to qualifying need after qualifying need just before yeah. getting into mbbs is when you made this decision yes, yes. good for you yeah. <laughs> uh but um just a little detour because i think it will help a lot of a uh, lot of people because everybody knows somebody who's about to make such decisions right and it's never easy yeah. to have a clarity yeah. when you're just finishing your 12 so right. uh, languages when did you discover you know languages is, is what you wanted to do is that been since your childhood or you know did that stem from the um from the knowledge that you were not interested in medicine okay now the catch here is my mother from the my mother's from the department of english oh right 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 okay so i got it from my mama <laughs> got it got it so it's been a yeah. it's been a long term thing growing up and then long-term it was probably thing, a yeah. confusion between this and yeah. that but yeah, yeah got it got it got yeah. kovita yeah kovita so uh, what happened then okay you know what this is great because uh, a lot of the people that i've spoken to before you know who are into verbal they did not plan to be doing that right they all uh, completed their degree and then you know they they found a makeshift job in either you know jamboree or you know cat somewhere and then mm. they kind of found it lucrative and then they built upon it but mm. uh, given that you made a decision for those people who are you know listening and uh, for them it might help what is the road map for somebody to kind of pursue english as a career choice okay so um what people generally presume is there are a lot of misconceptions about this subject right people happen to presume uh there's nothing beyond past tense present tense and future tense in english okay i overheard one of the professors somewhere i was in one of the colleges and the professor said what do these in the lecturers from the department of english have to teach all they have to teach is past tense present tense and future tense that's what he said there's nothing beyond this that they can teach so this is a misconception language is a vast ocean um you can never actually have um, let's say because you can't see the other end it's that vast ocean right right no matter how learned you are but for that you have to be very specific that you want to learn languages mm i have seen a lot of people pursue ma in english uh because ma for them sta- stands for matrimonial alliance okay yes i'll tell you something this is a research i remember one of my professors also telling me that this was a research done that boys generally prefer girls who have done their masters in english oh okay yeah this was a re- this was a filter that was put uh, on these matrimonial sites 
So you, wow. you get to put those filters. I, I, I've never been on a matrimonial site. So I, this was told to me. Neither so the girl, yeah. But this was told that the girls uh, who've done their masters in English and who are very good with the uh, language, uh, let's English language, they are preferred the most by the opposite okay. gender. Okay, interesting. Okay. So they have to know that uh, they, if they want to pursue their masters in English, uh, MA actually stands for something else for them. Right. Then if you get into specialized, like after that, I did center. It's a back-breaking course. Um, oh. Be it physically, emotionally, mentally, financially, I could get through because I was with my parents then and my mom made sure that I had my meals in time. Otherwise, uh, it was a task in itself. Okay. So you can't do it if you're not interested in it. So don't do it just for the sake of it. Right. That is something that I would suggest people. Um, and then they end up teaching the wrong way. I've also met a lot of teachers uh, who do not have their concepts uh, right. And that's a problem. They're playing with the career of a lot okay. of kids. Okay. So what's the uh, roadmap that you took uh, to get to the point that you are? Okay. Like you did your so, bachelor's, yeah. master's, and then CELTA? <laughs> yeah, I did my bachelor's. It was a double major. I did have functional English as a subject apart from uh, English honors. Mm-hmm. So in, in functional English, you get to study phonetics, linguistics, uh, and uh, TV and radio journalism. Right, right. Right? That's when I realized that this is something that interests me a lot. After okay. that, I did my master's in English. Then I attended this uh, master class for Ryan Spainer. Right. Conducted by the British Council. Right, right. Post that, uh, I was being a little too ambitious while I was pursuing MA. So I applied for CELTA while I was pursuing MA. So okay. I remember my interviewer telling me that you're getting over ambitious, girl, calm down. Okay. You need to complete your MA and then you have to come back to CELTA because you will not be able to do both of them together because I underestimated CELTA. <laughs> okay. Yeah, but then um, after that, I did enroll myself for CELTA. And yeah, it went on and on. Got it. So what was your thought process, you know, when you were doing your, uh, I'm, I'm sure the way you were uh, saying, when you were doing ma- bachelor's, you must have been clear that you're going to do master's as well. So after Certainly. master's, uh, you, you you might have been, you know, planned uh, about doing CELTA and stuff. But what was your thought process back then in terms of what you're going to be uh, as a profession? Okay. In our college, uh, it was generally told to us that the, um, the most suitable path for you is um, qualify net and then pursue PhD and apply uh, for the lecturership. But I was pretty sure that this is something that I don't want to do. Okay. Uh, TESOL methodology is something uh, that I enjoyed a lot. And I recently completed my specialization in TESOL methodology, which was funded by the US government, 100% scholarship. Okay. So... Um, I knew that, okay, PhD, uh, okay, net, PhD, and then teaching in the college uh, or teaching at a college is something that I do not want to do. Sorry, may I know what is net? Sorry? Net? Did you say net? UG, yeah, yeah, UGC net. You have to oh, paper right, UGC. right, right. Yeah. Okay. So you have to qualify that paper, get admission into PhD. Or, um... Okay, got it. So uh, I was asking, so you were not interested in going uh, in the direction where, you know, you wanted to be a lecturer. You were interested in... Uh, TESOL and uh, CELTA route, right? So where was that yeah. going to lead you? What was your plan? What was your thought process? 
Oh, when I went to the British Council um, you know, for the for this training masterclass for IELTS trainer, there used to be the CELTA room where okay. we were not allowed to enter. Okay. And I was so fascinated by the room because I so wanted to see what is in here, and I'm not allowed to access the room. That's when I got to know about CELTA. Okay. And I was so fascinated about about the the concept of CELTA. Uh, by the concept of CELTA, and uh, I knew that this is something that I want to do one day. Also, I loved the personality of the trainers there in the British Council, and I wanted to make a difference at a global level for sure. So, what is CELTA? It is um, okay. It, it's basically a certificate in English language teaching to adults. Okay. Um, which is uh, so you get your accreditation number by uh, Cambridge English Assessment. Okay, and what's so special about that? You know, uh, the way you talk about CELTA is also very different. It mm. seems like it's a big thing. Like, why is it so? Uh, because one, not everybody can get through. It's a long, long process to get through it. Mm-hmm. Uh, then, while you pursue CELTA, when you submit your assignments and uh, while you're doing your teaching practices. Uh, it's either a pass or a fail. There's no in between. If okay. you do not pass, you do not get through it. Right. So all your teaching practices have to be two standard. All your assignments, you have to pass all your assignments. Uh, you cannot fail. Okay. So let's say you've, uh, this is not the case there, that let's say you've scored 95 out of 100 uh, in one of the assignments. You can cover up the rest of the marks in the next assignment. No, it's either a pass or a fail. Also, CELTA is, let's say, it's a very prestigious certificate. Okay. And it's the basic, um, and in terms of TESOL methodology or TESOL, um, or in teaching English as a foreign language, this is the basic certification that you need. Which one, CELTA? Yes. Okay, so TESOL is something that you do after you do CELTA, is it? Okay, got it. For the uh, course so- that I did, I was supposed to, um, in order to be eligible for that, I was supposed to give them a proof that I've either um, done CELTA or uh, TEFL, which is Teaching English as a Foreign Language. I have a certification in that. It was a prerequisite there. Sorry, I lost you for a little bit. Okay. Okay, Kovida. So, uh, let's say uh, somebody, you know, who has a CELTA, what kind of career opportunities can they expect? Multiple across the globe. Okay. A few in India. Oh, there are not a lot of opportunities in India with the CELTA certificate. Because people don't understand what CELTA is. The generally followed path here is uh, NET, PhD, B.Ed, HTET, and all the other exams you need to take. Right. So that's the generally followed path. Okay. So not a lot of people value it or um, let's say they don't value it because they don't know about it. You know, it's just a few organizations, let's say the British Council here. Mm-hmm. Or um, I haven't come across it, a lot of people who actually know what CELTA is. Uh, even organizations for that matter, I will uh, not name the college, but I remember I met uh, one of these uh, principals and uh, the head of the department, the Department of English was sitting there. And I told him that uh, I've done my, I was looking for a job back then. Right. And he said, uh, sorry, madam, but no matter what you do, we need net and PhD. Otherwise, uh, you will not be eligible or we don't value other qualifications. Right. So that's why you're saying in India, the opportunities are a little less. For... Yeah, not many that I have come across at least. Got it. 
got COVID. So were you aware of this when you took up, you were sure that you didn't want to take that uh, typical route. You wanted to do CELTA and then TESOL. Uh, did you know that in India, this is the kind of value that it has? Uh, and what exactly happened, you know, once you went ahead and finished CELTA and TESOL, what was your job career like? Oh, the sleepless nights, I tell you, because um, I knew that I have picked upon CELTA, but there are not many opportunities. So I was a little skeptical about it. And I'll tell you something here. After completing CELTA, I was jobless for six months. Okay. And I so regretted the decision uh, because, again, I told you, it was also a financially backbreaking boss. How much does and it my cost? Parents, uh, let's say approximately 1.5 lakhs okay. for one, one and a half month. Oh, wow. Okay. And how long do you have to finish that within to get the certificate? Uh, the duration is one, one and a half month. Oh, you got to finish it but within 45 the, days. Okay. Uh, so, um, it's 120 hours that you need. So, it's an hour-based program, okay, not got it. month or days-based. Got it. And uh, is there any prerequisites that one has to meet to... Yes, yes, certainly, certainly. They have a very strict marking criteria. So, when you submit the form, there are a lot of tasks that you're supposed to complete and submit. After they feel that uh, you are proficient enough, then they send um, some pre-interview tasks. Okay. Which is supposed to complete within, I think, 24 hours and then submit it again. Mm -hmm. Then you have the interview. Then you have pre-course tasks. Okay. When you qualify the interview, you get some pre-course tasks. And then after that, the course starts. And even if the course starts, uh, it is not a compulsion that you will get to it. Because I told you the assignments and the teaching practices. It's right. either a pass or a fail. Even if you have entered, you still haven't reached the destination as yet. Got it. Okay. So, yeah, you finished CELTA and then you were jobless for six months and then? Yeah. And I was, oh, oh that was a phase. Um, that's when Adverb was gone. So, I uh, right. didn't know what to do. I, I was very hope. I, I felt very hopeless. And I I mean, I lost all, all my hope. I remember calling a few of my friends um and saying uh what is the least possible salary that you give to your employees i'm not even worth that guys i don't have right. a job i was that hopeless back then okay. and uh, i wasn't sure whether i made the right decision or not my parents never questioned never ever right but you know your inner conscious happens to trick you mm -hmm. yeah so that's when uh, i started questioning myself whether i've made the right decision or not in fact that's when i'm I uh, almost decided that I'll pursue B.Ed. now and get into some school job or net and PhD. I'll pick up that track. Uh, fortunately, God had some other plans for me. And then uh, I got into Allen and that's when it, you know, things started changing significantly. They took Got a it. different turn. Got it. So what are those other plans? that kind of, you know, bailed you out of the situation. Yeah, so when I got into Allen, uh, that was that one ray of hope. Okay, before that, I'm so sorry. I, I've lost coherence here. Before joining, uh, joining Allen, I was into one of these jobs where uh, I almost earned nothing. Because okay. uh, for the first month, they deducted half of the salary as security. And for the next month, I was serving my notice period. Oh my God. Okay. I stayed there for two months because 
it was very toxic and environment very toxic and um, the way you had to survive there was something beyond my ethics because right. um, I, I i hope what you're getting i, I mean we've grown up enough yeah, yeah, to understand yeah, 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 that, yeah. yeah yes yes so um i thought i'd rather leave than stay here because um, i have to face my family and most importantly i have to face myself right and this is something that i can't do i'm so sorry right. so i directly wrote a resignation to the uh, owner and i said i'm sorry i can't take this anymore mm-hmm. that's not how i'm going to survive here Right. Um, the promotions they sound really uh, nice, but not like this for sure. So I resigned, and that was again, uh, you know, one of that was your first uh, job. Uh, not my first job, but post Celta, yes, it was my first job. Okay, okay. And uh, what happened after that? Uh, yeah. So then I came back home, and I um, and I thought, okay, this is something that I don't want to do. That's when I thought uh, whether I've made the right choice or not, and you know, people there because. In that job, because they didn't know what Celta is, so they used to make fun of it. Uh, they used to say she. I, I think uh, she considers herself overeducated. I just don't talk to people till I I don't know them. Right, right, right. Yeah. So I happened, to, and I wasn't really okay with the environment there. Hmm. So I happened to stay quiet and stay, uh, uh, you know, confined to my own zone. Go to the office, work, and come back. Right. And they thought I probably have some attitude issues. You know, I didn't. <laughs> I wasn't just able to gel in the environment there. Right. And uh, yeah, so and they used to call me overeducated. Oh, this is something that I've heard a lot of times. A lot of times right. that I'm overeducated. I don't understand the concept of being overeducated, but yeah, this is something that I've heard a lot of times. So then I came back home. I was very upset. Um, I started applying. Can you imagine? You will not believe I had applied for almost hundred jobs and couldn't get through even what, one of. What them. these jobs are? English teaching. English jobs. language teaching, soft skills training. Because I'm also an elite certificate holder from IIT Kanpur in enhancing soft skills and personality development. Got it. So soft skills and um, uh, you know English language teaching. Marketing, what not? I tell you, I had applied for numerous jobs there, but couldn't get through even one of them. Right, cool. communications and what not. I just have, I just have one question. You said you, mm-hmm. you know, CELTA is a prestigious certificate to have, and I've heard of it from a lot of other people. And you said, you know, in India, it's not valued as much. Uh, mm-hmm. Didn't you um, explore leveraging your CELTA certificate by traveling abroad? Wasn't that a choice for you? It was obviously, you know, that's a very valid question. I come across uh, this question on a, a lot of times. Okay. It was a choice, and I did apply to a few schools and colleges there. But as it is, I told you, I couldn't get to any of it. God knows for what reason. Okay. It was okay. probably my stars not favoring me back then. But yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. No, thank you for sharing it so, you know, openly. Uh, it takes a certain quality to share such things. Um, so that's that's totally cool. But you also said, you know, uh, before you joined Allen, that's the job that you just described about, you know, which you are not happy yeah. about. But you also said that's the time that you know. Hey, no, no, no! Also... I'm happy. I'm happy. Okay, I'm so sorry. I'm happy with Allen. I'm talking about the job I was doing before joining. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Before, huh, before yeah. Allen. Yeah, that's yeah. the job that yeah. you weren't happy about, and hence you quit yeah, and you yes. joined Allen. Yeah. And yeah. Um, you told uh, Adverb also started around the point when you spent six months without a job right so what is adverb and you know can you talk about adverb okay so adverb is a baby that was born uh, during my unemployment 
that phase of unemployment right um it's uh, i started up this uh, startup uh, and uh, we used to deal in business communication voice and accent training mm. yeah this is uh, what primarily and soft skills so right. these were the three areas we were targeting uh my mom's a gold medalist again for my it factor in softies and personality development so she was my partner there she helped me a lot uh we did crack a lot of deals we trained a lot we um, got in touch with a few industrialists mm-hmm. uh so we trained their engineers there and also there was a catch here okay so while i was visiting these industrialists and uh, industrialists and i was meeting them Mm-hmm. you know what was the catch someone had already launched a company for soft skills before i did okay so i come from yamuna nagar okay and someone had already launched a company there and it was a big 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 failure there and the industrialists they were so upset with the term soft skills mm-hmm. so it was so difficult for them to convince that no i am a good person i will make sure that you don't have any bad experiences with me But right. they said no, no, no. The organization we tied up with before, we had really bad experience. They don't answer our calls. They, I mean, they they had their own share of experiences, but definitely not the good ones. Right. So they were very skeptical about um, the concept of soft skills and getting their employees trained. And I received multiple rejections there as well. But eventually, I could get through. It was task in itself to explain. And uh, right now, you're doing both Allen and Adverb together. I'd work. My mom is mom is focusing on it uh, more than I am for now because I stepped into uh, this examiner thing with the British Council, and then I was pursuing this specialization in T-cell methodology. So she wanted me to take a break, and then she said, "Okay, let's put that on hold. Mm. You do whatever you feel like because I want to enter the global market before I take my child there." Right, right, got it. Uh, just clarifying, by child you mean adverb. Adverb, yes. <laughs> and um, you said, uh, you know, let's. I also want to talk about the examiner thing. I'll just come back mm-hmm. to it a little later. So, what do you do in Allen exactly? I am uh, a faculty in the Department of English. Okay. I teach multiple exams, um, and a few. Uh, I take classes related to speed reading, wordsmiths and paraphrasing. Mm-hmm. Uh, then uh, speed sprint, which is about speaking. Uh, then uh, a few English language exams, SAT, general English, right? Multiple things. I also uh, curate content, whatever is to be taught, specifically speaking. Um, some grammar lessons. So I'm also into content creation. Multiple things. Got it, got it. And um, you said you know at one point you six months you spent without any job, mm-hmm. right? I mean you were like un- unemployed. But uh, now suddenly, you know, you've got three things going on for you. You're an Allen, you know, you've got adverb. Of course, you're not actively involved, but there's something that you can fall fall back on. You were responsible for starting it, and to add to that, you're also an examiner in British Council. Uh, yeah. How does that work? Oh, I've realized I'm very good with juggling now. So it's like um, you, you okay. Let's say you're a wife, but you're also a mother. You can also be an entrepreneur, but you can also be. And employ, and a daughter-in-law, and a daughter—you know, multiple things. So that's right. how I'm juggling. Got it. But no, what what I meant was uh, specifically about being an examiner in British Council. Uh, mm-hmm. What's what does the job entail? 
um i don't know how much am i allowed to speak about it but i'll just okay. say that uh, you sure. to examine the candidates uh, let's say the candidates who are um, who appear for xyz exams oh things like ielts and stuff so you you're an examiner probably let's <laughs> not streamline i don't know if i'm allowed to or not so i'll just oh, say okay got it got it got it but uh, just curious how does one become an examiner Oh, there's a process that you have to get through. You have to apply. Then uh, there's this training, a very rigorous training that you have to go through. Uh, then uh, there are some standardized procedures because I'm sorry, British Council is uh, uh, very particular about a few things. Uh, something that I really love about them, and they have a standardized format that is to be followed. Right. So um, you are meant to go through that rigorous training to follow the standardized procedures, and then there are multiple checkpoints you have to pass. Right. Um, there can be multiple successful and unsuccessful attempts. So there are a number of attempts you get, many things, and then after you get through everything, you pass all the checkpoints. Then finally, your examiner number is allocated to you. Got it. Got it. And it's not a, a you know a job. that you can plan on right is it very uncertain or do you have a very regular stream of income from that job depends upon the number of candidates you examine okay so, so you, you mean to say it's based for... on your availability yes yes oh certainly. okay but uh, what i'm also trying to ask is if you choose to make that your full time profession you know uh, that's People where do. you want to... oh they earn only from being an examiner yes yes they do okay got it can you can you share a little Sorry. bit about how much one can approximately make being an examiner uh, a very good income i must say because uh, you could be an examiner examiner with cambridge and then the british council i, I know of a lot of people who are in fact uh, i have a few friends who are okay. earning just by being an examiner and trust me they're earning in lakhs per month oh wow so they are you're you're paid on uh, on an hourly basis um different exams different criteria different organizations again different criteria Okay, so let's say if somebody you know who's listening to this, they are looking at becoming an examiner at the British Council. Uh, what are the things that they need to do? What are the base? So you said you took up this master class uh, for IELTS with British Council, right? Yes. Is that yes. the basic thing they start off no, with? No, 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 no. Um, you need to have CELTA, I repeat. <laughs> right. That's okay. Oh, you need to have masters in English to become an examiner at the British Council. See, the, that's one of the basic prerequisites. So, masters in English. Once you do your TEFL or CELTA, you do it obviously after the completing your masters in English. Not uh, it, it is not mandatory, but most of the people. It oh, is, it's not. I repeat, okay. not no. It's not mandatory, but most of the people do it. I I know of a girl who was an architect who was pursuing CELTA. She was my batchmate. But oh, right. again, she was the only one. Rest all of us completed our masters in English. Got it. But CELTA is a prerequisite, mandatory prerequisite to yes, uh, apply yes, to be an examiner at the British Council. Okay, got it. So, uh, you know, you've you've been in Allen uh, so far. You know, you've been teaching uh, for quite some time now. Um, yeah. Compared to the point where you were unemployed, today, you know, I'm sure when you contrasted with that situation it's great that you have a job but yeah. uh, going back to the time when you made this call of uh, not pursuing medicine but taking english right you must have had a certain yeah. aspiration uh, yeah. are you there according to you or you still have a long way to go to achieve I, miles to go before i sleep 
Okay, so what was your aspiration when you, you know, took up English? What what did you envision yourself to be after you did your education? And I, I surely understand that things have not gone to your plan, right? You're, you're kind mm-hmm. of in the process of doing that. You wanted to be yeah. something you haven't. So what is it yeah. you wanted to be? And, uh, you know, how do you see yourself getting there from here on? My mom has asked me not to be over ambitious and now take a deep breath, settle down. But she also tells me, COVID, I see you as, as a boss somewhere, someone at a very um, senior position. Right. Um, so two contrasting statements from my own mother. Right. <laughs> but yeah, I think I would um, definitely agree to whatever she says because that's where I see myself. There's a lot more to study. There's a lot more to know. Um, and uh, there's a lot more to explore in terms of uh, English language teaching. Right. Um, and being a part of these international organizations, you know, what you get to travel the world um, with being, um, you know, um, when you are an English language teacher or when you teach English as a foreign language. Right. This this is something that can take you to places and I'm yet to reach that position. We've spoken a lot about teaching, right? Once you finish English, mm-hmm. it's obvious. It's most of them, you know, we can't fault if uh, most of the people think that, okay, teaching is the way. But uh, are there any other career opportunities apart from being a teacher once you finish? Uh... Oh, yes, of course. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, uh, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah, can you can you talk a little bit about those opportunities? What are the other opportunities? Yeah. So after CELTA, if you pursue the next step, which is Delta, that is for oh, wow. uh, getting... <laughs> I didn't expect that. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Yeah. So after CELTA, you have Delta. and uh... Sorry, is it Delta or Delta? Delta, D-E-L-T. Delta, okay, got it. Yeah, Delta. So when you um, pursue Delta, I mean, after you, people generally uh, pursue it when they look forward to getting uh, at a managerial position or at a senior position, when they target a senior position. Hmm. Um, I remember when I was uh, interviewed for CELTA, my interviewer uh, had completed her uh, Delta and she was uh, the... All India Academic Head of uh, yeah, the British Council's one vertical, All India Academic Head of something. Right, right, right. Yeah. So she said that if I, I asked her that question, should I pursue Delta? And she said, if you're looking forward to being at a senior position, you must. It helps you secure one. Okay. And what are the other certifications that there are, you know, beyond Delta? Are there any? Oh, yes. I I can, uh, I just told you about TESOL methodology. So every session, um, the U.S. Embassy happens to nominate. Um, so wherever there's a base of the U.S. Embassy, they happen to nominate a few teachers, English language teachers from their country for a specialization, which is funded by the U.S. government. Right. Right. Uh, so you get to choose your subject. Mm. You give three preferences, and out out of the three preferences, it's first come first, and yeah, on the basis of your profile, you know. So you are allocated the course. Um, I also did my specialization in PSOL methodology. Twenty seventh June was my graduation ceremony. Oh wow! Congratulations on that. Thank you. Uh, I by the way, I scored ninety two point something there. I still am a student. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. Great. And so uh, you could also do that. Okay, got it. T Sol, Delta, T Sol. Okay, and uh, you know, 
so how has this whole teaching journey been has it been in line with what you expected or uh, you know you had you faced any challenges you had to make any adjustments how did it start off at allen i did have to face a few challenges i'll tell you why because the teaching um uh, let's say the strategies you learn when you're pursuing self or even um all that i learned um, um throughout the course of uh, throughout this journey of peace all methodology it is completely different to how we teach here in india okay i having said this i do not mean that the teaching system of india is not good but mm-hmm. it is different it is right. completely different right and there's a lot more that we can add to it this is what i've learned okay if we add that to our classes it is going to be really really interesting and engaging and innovative okay the students they uh might start taking english as a subject very seriously and they might start enjoying it as well because currently for students there are only three streams uh medical non medical and commerce okay primarily yeah yeah and so uh, could you share an example you know where you kind of applied uh, what was the norm in india and uh, what was the difference uh, because of your celta certification can you one thing that you changed in the classroom can yeah. you share it certainly so there are a lot of um, my classes are now activity based okay i prefer practical learning over theoretical learning okay the teacher talk time has decreased the students they happen to expect uh, the teachers to speak the entire time and elicit as less as possible right which shouldn't be the case okay um the talk time should be ideally it should be 80 20 the students 20 the teacher oh wow however we could also oh. go by 70 30 because if you elicit it from them they happen to brainstorm and that's when they learn the most Right, if right, everything right. is served on the platter i don't think that is going to help much um and you know when you have activity based classes for example i put them in groups i send them to breakout rooms okay go and discuss about this and then we'll come back and talk about it in the main session right um or uh, let's say okay this is an activity we are doing we play some games um in the class so i think that can make learning a little more interesting got it kovinda and uh, did it occur to you or you know i mean uh, do you have plans of going private being an independent teacher okay leaving my job it could be leaving your job or in addition to what you're doing because uh, you know there are a lot of private tutors uh, you know mm-hmm. who teach verbal for exams like gmat gre and you know mm-hmm. where uh, they command uh, you know fees mm-hmm. to the tunes of 4000 rupees an hour Mm-hmm. right I, up I, to the I, point yeah. of 9000 rupees per hour so mm-hmm. have you explored those uh, do you have uh, in mind to do any of those any soon okay um first of all uh, this is not just a money making process for me or let's just avoid the word just here this is not a money making process for me right. i don't say that uh, i'm satisfied with the what i'm earning right now because all of us want to earn more yeah. and more yeah but i also don't want it to be only a money making process the right. place i'm working for uh, i mean the organization i'm working for right now has given um, me the liberty to explore and experiment as much as i wish to right and the good part is i have a team right. i am a part of the team right so i'm loving what i'm doing 
I'm liking the students I'm getting to teach and every batch happens to bring a new mindset. Right. And I think I'm enjoying what I'm doing right now. Um, let's presume it's the opposite way now. Had it been the situation where, you know, there are places when um, the, the employees, they don't get to experiment, you're supposed to stick to it and uh, you have to go by it, you know, mobile phones, not allowed, this is the yeah. rule, that is the rule. It becomes very difficult for teachers uh, to be themselves, right? which right. is not the case here. So when right. I'm enjoying here and I'm getting what I want, I think I'm not looking forward to uh, moving in that direction anytime soon. Or let's say I haven't thought of it for now. Got it, Kovika. And uh, coming to, you know, uh, the role of uh, tech, but before that, I have just one question, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Do you only do classroom training or do you also do online for Ali? I primarily do online training. Oh, okay. So, but you need to go to the office of Alan to do that. Also. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, fine. So, uh, what are the tools that you use? Um, what are the problems that you face? What are the gaps that are there in the tech? The challenge is there are times uh, when students uh, happen to keep their cameras off. Right. And we don't know whether they're actually sitting in the class or not. And it is okay. a challenge to teach those blank, black tiles right. with just the name written. Right. Uh, but I have made it a rule in my class that you can't keep your camera off unless uh, you have a genuine reason. Okay. So the students enjoy that. You know what? I generally have 100% attendance in my class. Okay. And the students, they keep their cameras on on purpose because uh, they're so excited and they want to express themselves. You know, at times they have to put them on mute. Please stay quiet. Let me complete. And then I let you speak. Right. So they're so excited about it and they want to show their excitement. So uh, there used to be this problem because, you know, because of COVID, students became, um, let's say, lazier. Right, right. They started enjoying that comfort, comfort zone of, you know, putting themselves on mute, running off the camera, getting slipping into the blankets, and then, you know, the teacher can keep going on and on. Right. That was the problem. But now that they've actually started studying, um, I don't think that's a problem. Um, it's just that for one class or two, when a fresh batch comes in, for one class or two, you have to tell them, no, I'm actually worth listening to. I might be a good teacher. Please pay attention. You right. might like me, guys. Let's give, give each other a platform to explore. Uh, but fortunately, they all like it. So, yeah, it is fun. Got it, got it, got it. Uh, probably my final question for this session. Uh, you said, you know, uh, you were going through a phase of unemployment and uh, and then, you know, you started Adverb and then you got the opportunity of uh, Alan, right? So how did you uh, crack Alan after six months of, you know, you've tried 100 companies. What was your mindset? Um, and how did Alan finally happen to you? You know, while applying for those 100 and something jobs, this was one among those, and I received a call from the HR. I applied on LinkedIn, by the way. Okay. Yeah. So uh, it's through LinkedIn that I got to know about it, and um, I was randomly applying for multiple jobs, you know, hopelessly, clicking, tuck, apply, tuck, apply, you know, doing right. that. So very hopelessly, I applied here as well, but fortunately, I received a call from the HR, and uh, that was a turning point. Then I was called um, to the head office. For the joining formalities after obviously clearing the interview, multiple rounds of interviews. How many rounds of interviews did you have to watch? Two to three. Okay. But they were fun. Actually, they were the way we are talking right now. Okay, got it. Did they yeah. recognize the value of CELTA? Finally, somebody? 
Oh yes, they did. Okay, great. <laughs> Finally, yeah. You know what? Actually, I'll tell you something really interesting. Uh, so after my joining formalities were done, everything you know it was uh, completed. My country had called me. Okay. Uh, it was a video call, and he said, "Okay, Kovida, how do you finally feel uh, to be a part of Alan?" I said, "I feel really nice, and I feel privileged to be here." And he he said, "Did you see the head office?" I said, "Yes." He said, "Do you like the vibe of the office?" I said, "Yeah, it's very positive, and I see people running here, and they're so they're so excited about the jobs here." And he said, "Any final question that you would like to ask me?" I said, "Yeah, one question, sir." He said, "What is it?" I said, "How do you feel that I've joined your team?" <laughs> right. He was probably not expecting that from me, and he said, uh, um, "Yeah, I feel really happy, and I'm excited to explore new opportunities." But it was fun. Uh, it was the turning point I was looking forward to. Okay. And now I've just been shifted to a new city, to a new center, because they've opened a new center here, and I'm um, oh. getting to work with the All India Academic Head very closely. And there's a lot that I'm learning. Got it, Kovida. Thank you so much. Um, I wish you all the very best uh, for the next few years of yours, and uh, you know I wish you go on to do your Delta. <laughs> and uh, I, I wish that too. And and I'm also very happy and I'm glad that uh, somebody has finally acknowledged the importance of learning languages because as I remember the first question that you asked me, right. how easy what was it or how did you get through it. It was not that easy. I think I told this to you when we were speaking over a phone yeah, call, and I yeah, told yeah. you that. Yeah. So I forgot to tell you about it, but yeah, it was not that easy. I because I come from a joint family. Uh, there are members of my family who actually opposed to the decision of moving out of the city and studying languages because they thought, why do you have to pay important languages? BA. Why do you have to move out and pursue BA? Right. Yeah. But. But here you I are. I think. Yeah. Here I am. I think they know what was the reason behind. I hope they know it now. I'm sure they will. Uh, <laughs> thank you again so much uh, for sharing your journey and uh, you know for sharing uh, the value of the perceived value of CELTA here in India. And oh, you know, hopefully people listening know uh, if they are maybe prepared to go abroad, then I think mm. CELTA is the way to go. But if they are going to remain in India, maybe there are other things that uh, they can probably do to get valued here. Yeah. Mm. Certainly, certainly. Yeah, and I would be really happy um, to actually help people through this journey because not a lot of people know what to do. And I have come across a lot of people who right. happen to be in my shoes and they say, we don't know what to do. We've, we, we've completed our master's and there's um, no, we, we've knocked almost every door and there's nothing that we find now. So I hope this helps them and I'd be really happy to help people understand uh, and, you know, find a path. Great, Kovida. Thank you so much. This podcast is brought to you by Edison OS, a no-code edtech platform to operate an online education business. Knowledge entrepreneurs can use Edison OS to sell online courses from their own websites, manage online masterclasses, launch mobile learning apps, sell online practice tests for competitive exams, run online learning communities, digitizing their offline tutoring business, Use it as a learning management system and a lot more cases in the domain of knowledge commerce.